All human thought is science. All religion is the holding of a candle to the highest power Are we here because we gaze at the stars? Or do we gaze at the cosmic pointless When the stars were right, they could plunge the world to world to the sky. When the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you are playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsarewrite.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Welcome back, listeners. Today we will be playing session 23 of The Children of Fear, written by Lynn Hardy and Friends and published by Chaosium. Who are you all playing and how are you today? How? I'm playing Dogsudora Lockhart and I don't like rusty spoons. Brayden. Hey, Brayden, 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 Brayden. And I'm <laughs> Sophian. <laughs> and how are you today? Good too. Very well. Thanks for the help, Hal. <laughs> Noxicals. I am playing Timur Stepanovich Rapin, and I'm apparently less excitable than other people. <laughs> and Lydia. Hi, I'm playing Hasina Moez, and I'm excited to learn more fun facts about yaks. <laughs> and I'm Pedro, your keeper for the day. And I'm sorry to say there's a mountain of troubles ahead because of the Himalayas! Oh, oh. oh. very nice. Noxicals. Tell us what happened last time. Inquiries make it clear to our party that entering Tibet may be more challenging than they'd realised. Luckily, the British Civil Service owe them a favour. Listen back to episode 16 for details, fact fans. And an interview to obtain passports is arranged. Some awkward questions are asked about the party's unusual makeup, but all fears are assuaged when Sofian swaps moustache care tips with the officious civil servant. Sofian's ample charm is used to great effect again when negotiating prices for a caravan and supplies for the journey into Tibet. The thoughtful offering of a tea set to the caravaneers sees them break out the luxury yaks for our adventurers. Finally, before leaving India, Hasina trades some of her jewellery for a replacement camera for Sofian, a touching gesture in remembrance of his being the first member of the crew to welcome her all those months ago. The journey into Tibet sees our heroes take in the sights, and the altitude, and the smell in some villages, proves challenging for some. Eventually, the caravan enters the Karola Pass, a supposedly haunted valley, and the site of a previous massacre caused by the British. Bleached bones still litter the fields, and a disconcerting red light, possibly containing the silhouette of a person, is seen at the edge of people's vision. Suddenly, the figure of a young Tibetan man, dressed in military insignia, appears in front of Eudora and rushes angrily towards her before disappearing. The brave Dr. Lockhart is understandably shaken. Several more months on the road allows our party to brush up on some skills, but also sees them troubled by further worrisome nightmares. A world where the King of Fear is victorious is clearly too horrible to contemplate. So, you're in Tibet. How cool is that? Yeah. It's pretty cool. 
As soon as Tenzin enters Tibet, you notice him stop. He raises his arms above his head and clasps his hands together as if in prayer. He then kneels and slides forward to lie flat on his face with his arms outstretched and his palms to the ground. When he stands again, his face is warmed by a serene smile. The next time you walk through a mountain pass, the Lama cries out his traditional greeting to the gods, Lagyalo de Tamchepam. He tells you later it means the gods win, the demons are defeated, before adding a stone to one of the numerous lapse, stacks of stones, that mark the pass. He says, it's good to be home again after all this time, with tears in his eyes. Oh, that's adorable. That's nice. It is. Hello. I give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> and then you make it to Dirge. Like many other towns you've seen so far in your travels in Tibet, Dirge is a cluster of small houses spread up the hillsides of the valley in which it resides. Many of the wooden buildings, which are unusual in Tibet, are painted red and decorated with blue, gold and white particularly those structures associated with the monastery. Asking around for the Pakang, the printing press, gets you directions to a rectangular three-story building nearby. Once to the entrance of the printing house, you find yourselves in a small shadowy vestibule, beyond which are rows upon rows of wooden shelves, all filled to capacity with narrow wooden printing blocks. Light streams into the corridors formed by the shelves, emanating from further back in the building, and the outlines of several people bent over their work can be glimpsed up ahead. While the building is not silent, there are no voices to be heard, only the sounds of quiet industry, printing, carving, washing, and the rustle of moving paper. Almost as soon as you enter, you are greeted by a thin, shaven-headed monk dressed in red robes. He looks at Tenzin curiously before bowing to him three times and then turns to the rest of you and bows to you once. He speaks to you in Tibetan. Does anyone understand Tibetan? Yes, I learned some. Yay. I know 12 points in Tibetan. Oh, Give well. us a roll. That's, that's <laughs> basically fluent. Yes. Oh, I was off by one. Oh, I spent a point of luck. <laughs> that's I amazing. Wanna know. I want to know what he says. He says, Welcome to our scripture printing house. I am Yonten Buntok, overseer of the this revered establishment. How may I be of service to such auspicious visitors? Hey, <laughs> my name is Sofian Bazazwan. This is uh, Tenzin Kelsang, and these are my friends. Welcome. I'm guessing that's the extent of your Tibetan. It's going to be like kind of territory. <laughs> yes. But does he know this is my bicycle? That's the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the holidays, I play football with my brother. <laughs> exactly. All in the present tense. <laughs> I am 12 years old. <laughs> uh, he looks to you waiting for an answer, but since Sofian has reached the limit of his abilities, uh, Tenzin jumps in again. Uh, to talk to him in Tibetan. I'm assuming you understand this, Sofian, because you, you're in the zone now. But uh, everyone else, there's just a conversation happening in Tibetan. He says, I have come to this marvelous repository of Buddhist wisdom in search of the ritual for the closing of the ways. 
my own copy having been stolen by thieves during my meditation retreat. They proceed to have a short conversation in which uh, Tenzin appears to be noticeably cagey, uh, Sophian, regarding how long he has been in said retreat and exactly what he needs a scroll for. Uh, he's very polite, but uh, it's clear that Funsok is asking him questions and he answers with a smile. The general conclusion to all the question is that he needs the scroll to complete a vow he made as a young priest, and that is all. And then he says, I have come to Dej for the replacement because I have heard that this house not only has over 2,000 printing blocks covering everything from traditional medicine to the holiest of scriptures from all of Tibet's Buddhist scrolls, but also that your prints are of the finest quality known to contain virtually no errors. You probably already know that on your way he would have told you about how great, like why he chose this printing house and how, how great it is. Oh my goodness. Yes. Is he still talking about that printing house? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone feel free to roll psychology while looking at Puntok. Um, okay. Gladly. Have about as much of that as uh, Sofian does to Batten. I'm actually quite good at this. I've got 70. 69, dudes. That's a six. That's an extreme success. Yeah. I know. His, I know everything about him. Fail. I failed with my base ten. Uh, with a pass, you notice that the monk's demeanor changes. His frame swells, and he seems satisfied with what the Lama is saying. Very, very proud of himself. <laughs> they have a quick conversation, and the monk changes to Chinese to address all of you. He says, It is unlikely that we have a ready printed copy of the scroll to hand, but uh, I'm almost certain that we will have the necessary printing blocks in our archive, allowing us to produce a new one, although uh, I will have to check the catalogue to be certain. He turns to all of you. In the meantime, would you care to enjoy a cup of butter tea in the courtyard? Uh, he says it leads you through the shelves, past the printers, and into the interior courtyard. Yes, I am Sophie and Bazazwan, and these are my friends. You said in Bazazwan. <laughs> I say that in uh, Mandarin or Chinese because I have very similar. Now do points. it in the conditional future tense. My favorite color is red, <laughs> and I. Sophie smiles and wiggles his mustache and nods satisfactorily. That is a uh, is an answer. That's the universal language, really, isn't it? <laughs> the universal language of the mustache. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Esperanto. <laughs> On the upper levels, sheaves of printed paper hang from every available joist, drying in the breeze. Puntok sends an apprentice to fetch the tea. And as soon as the refreshments arrives, he disappears into the building beyond the courtyard where the library volumes are probably stored. You have all been served some butter tea. Butter tea? Are you able to describe this butter tea experience? How much do we know about this? Is it like butter beer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> smelling it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to have a particularly pungent smell. It smells a little bit like maybe miso soup. Oh, it's savory and umami. Yeah. If, do you do you try? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. With trepidation, I think <laughs> Eudora probably has strong views on tea. <laughs> the tea is unexpectedly salty and thick in consistency. 
you don't think you can precisely detect the flavor of butter in it. Everyone, if you feel like you had a proper sip or gulp and you didn't just dip your tongue in it, which is what I assume Eudora is doing, please roll me a constitution. Oh no, I knew it was poison. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> We're gonna insult our host, aren't we? That's a pass. 48, that's a pass for me. Anyone fail? Is Shen Chu drinking? Ooh, success. Uh, Shen Chu will totally drink some, won't she? Oh god, she's only got constitution 20. <laughs> oh no. Here we go. 62. No, Shen Chu has just spat it all over everybody. Yeah, she gags a little bit and she makes a little bit of a, a scene. Like, you see, you have to, like, you know, dry the area around her from her. The handkerchief this is coming one. out. She's getting <laughs> I'll take the cup from her and pat her firmly on the back as she cuts it up. <laughs> You're patting her on the back, I'm patting her on the face. She Dora, like, licking, licking the hanky and everything. Tenzin next to you smiles at you, having downed the salty beverage quite quickly and now smacking his lips in satisfaction. Ah, yay, Tenzin. <laughs> what do you think? It's uh, quite an acquired taste. You're, um, you're welcome to mine. I've hardly touched it. <laughs> it is uh, not what I was expecting. It's different. Yes, uh, it helps sometimes to think of it more as uh, soup than tea. You know, the oh. milk and the butter in it actually come from yaks. Oh, I've not oh. had the best experiences with soup. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'll give this one a miss. But we have had good experiences with yaks. Does it balance out? <laughs> now that you say that, it does uh, taste a little bit like a yak smell. <laughs> I like it. You want to finish it uh, as fast as you can. It tastes the best when it's the hottest. Well, uh, down the hatch. <laughs> Cheers, Timur. Cheers. Cheers. Does anyone have botany or natural world over 20? Yes. Uh, yeah, I got 40 natural world. Same here. Uh, looking around the room, the way the paper is made, uh, and they're like kind of glancing at the ingredients and stuff, you recognize that the paper makers, the route they're using to create the paper, is something known as Rama Ricot. It's a poisonous white flower. So they're keen to give visitors weird tasting tea <laughs> and that they have poisonous herbs on the premises. Is it weird if Tenzin, like, feels like it's very normal? Dude spent yes. a thousand years eating just peaches. I'm sorry, <laughs> trust his judgment. Also... <laughs> Are you planning on eating any of the paper? Because if you are, we've got bigger problems. <laughs> I'm just saying we don't know it's only in the paper. <laughs> I can't eat any of these books. This is terrible. Uh, everybody, before we continue and before you finish your tea, uh, please uh, gather around Tenzin. This, I feel this is a quite monumental occasion being back in somewhere so special to him. And Asina has gifted me this. Beautiful hey. camera, please, everyone. Oh, picture time. Family portrait. That's right, you have a camera again. Duck faces. Are you able to set it up so that you're in the photograph too, Sofian? Uh... Oh, you can ask one of the workers. Sorry, could you just take a photo for me? Thank <laughs> just you. You're just going to stand still for about 45 minutes and hold these explosive chemicals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah. And then he's off legging it down the mountain with your camera. 
That's right, you gotta eye them up first I... to see if they're the sort who'd nick it. <laughs> I think this is one I'll take for myself. This is a good memory. Aww. I wonder, speaking of chemicals, do you think it's dangerous for the paper? <laughs> How much of a fireball do you think it normally makes? <laughs> if he's using the flash, a not insignificant amount. Maybe we should do this outside, away from the flammable things. Very well. Especially if the flammable things are also poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, we we cannot possibly leave a wedding for... Did we not get taken into a courtyard, did I imagine? Yeah, he said he'll come to... Yeah. Okay, so we can be just yeah. outside. You don't have to be near the paper. You don't have to be crouched in the paper-making no, yeah. machine. <laughs> I'll go somewhere very safe. Okay. I will. Uh, <laughs> okay. Can't be too careful. It's Call of Cthulhu. Okay. <laughs> what a way to die, taking a picture and doing a critical fumble. <laughs> Roll photography oh my Lord. and dumb fumble. Of course. You've got to have a high stat in this, though, yeah. right? It's like a defining sure. trait. Oh, no, not too bad. <laughs> Oh, oh my lord. Oh, one critical success. Yeah. That has ever been taken. Oh, oh. Damn, Sophie, you Everyone is the, the most photogenic self. It's such a good photo, we all get to take <laughs> photography. You understand? <laughs> is he going to get the Pulitzer Prize for it when he gets back to, back to um, Srinagar <laughs> or wherever he ends up going? Not only that, but get someone photobombing yes. in the back. <laughs> that makes a change later. It's great. One of the monks happy. is doing the was up face in the background. <laughs> How long does it take to take a photograph? I guess it happens very fast yes, because yeah. of the critical success. <laughs> it develops at record speed. I think it's a fast the, thing. To develop, you'd need like... The, no, no, I mean like... It, to, oh, the, the initial taking yeah. of it. It's quite quick. Probably not too long. But, I guess okay. yeah, the conditions must be perfect or whatever, so... Yeah. Well, the, the light is, is within you. What would you like to do while waiting? What other, what other hobbies can we indulge? Uh, they have two options here. Uh, one is watch the workers, and the other one is sneak off to explore. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Or you could just sit there and chat to each other. God, now I want to get other up to shenanigans. I was just going to play I Spy with Shen Chu. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's watching the workers. So. I spy with my little eyes something beginning with Y. Yaks? Yes, how did you guess? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we brought them into the paper mill with us. They were in the I don't walk anywhere anymore. I'm on a yak at all times. <laughs> <laughs> we sprung for the luxury ones. I'm getting all the use out of this we can. <laughs> we paid for the good stuff. We use the good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll watch the workers and and lecture Shen Chu about industrial processes. If anyone else wants Great. to do something more interesting, I salute them. What about everyone else? I think Hesina will go for a little walk around the grounds. That sounds joyful. I will uh, join you. I'd be pleased to. Um, I think I will keep an eye on Shen Chu and make sure that she doesn't, <laughs> you know, do her curious, oh, I wonder what this does thing. Um, and uh, I mean, I'll see if I can engage her in a bit of conversation, sit down, chat with her, uh, try and spend oh. some some daddy surrogate daughter time. I tried to tell her to shut up, Eudora, <laughs> who is also actively trying to spend different type of time with Tendu. <laughs> you can try. 
Now you see this is a paper mill engine. Look. That's the depth of it. Just that over and over. And over here you see paper. That's what they're making in this paper mill. <laughs> is it meal? Did Brayden make Eudora sound way older? <laughs> uh, you see, Central, this is how they make the paper. Now, young women, you pasteurize this way. It's almost a shame yeah. that Timur isn't a Bolshevik anymore, because I can see him being like, so the mills are not owned by the workers. The means of production should be controlled <laughs> by the monks. Who are doing the work here? By the end of our time here, they will have unionized. <laughs> Just casually dropping off pamphlets, a subtle hint of red. Okay. So, uh, for those of you kind of staying in the courtyard and looking around, the men sit in pairs in a well lit veranda that opens onto the courtyard. One holds a printing block at an angle for his partner and inks it while the other lays down a fine sheet of paper taken from a table beside him and then presses it with an ingenious wooden roller to copy the woodblock. The printed page is then laid on the table to his other side alongside all the other previously produced copies of that page. At regular intervals, uh, another, another man, an apprentice potentially, comes along and takes armfuls of the pages out into the courtyard, scampering up steps and ladders to the highest floors to spread them out to dry. And that's, that's what you see. So it's only marginally more laborious than trying to get an office printer to work. <laughs> it is uh, impressive, yes? Difference being there's more than one person who can work the machinery here. Yeah. Uh, and Hasina and Sofian go for a quick walk. On your walk, you discover a room on the ground floor where apprentices clean the print blocks ready for storage as well as a room where two men sit with huge wooden tubs between their legs, pounding and mixing the ink with massive wooden staves. And that This is getting unnecessarily sexy. Huge wooden wads Ooh. between their I legs? I told you, I triggered warning you things are going to get sexy. This is it. Goodness. <laughs> um, another room on the ground floor is home to the printing house's paper makers. Rooms on the higher floors are home to the woodblock covers, as well as more storage shelves for print blocks and completed manuscripts and then you return a little bit of flavor of the printing house mm, delicious no we said not to eat the paper come on <laughs> anyone with a certain amount of intelligence can probably put together that poisonous paper makes the manuscripts last longer because they're resistant to insects and beetles and such oh, oh. clever after perhaps half an hour or so, a flustered-looking Yontan Punchok returns to the courtyard. He says in Chinese, I apologize for the delay. A mistake in the library's catalogue sent me on a wild goose chase for a copy of the ritual you requested. Uh, while we undoubtedly did have it at some point, the, the copy appears to have been misfiled and so far I have been unable to track it down. Thankfully, however, we do indeed have the nine print blocks it requires, and although it has been some time since they were last used, uh, they are still in good condition and should not need recarving. Uh, the printer should be able to produce a new copy within a, a week or so. A week. Is there uh, anything we can do to expedite the process? Uh, Tenzin says, I'm afraid there's uh, nothing we can do. There's a procedure, you see. While the printing of the scroll will undoubtedly be quick, preparing the special paper it requires takes much longer. 
First it must be stained black with charcoal and then the edges of the pages dyed red to represent its Nyingmapa lineage. After that, the ink makers must make a very special batch of white ink from the ground bones of a tantric master. Funchok said, And yes, uh, we do have some of that in hand. I'm afraid everything must be done according to a strict protocol and a given time to dry thoroughly in between each step. On top of that, the finished pages must then be backed onto a length of silk for strength and the woodcarvers need to prepare a box for the finished scroll to protect it. Therefore, the, there is no other way, I'm afraid. Well, it's taken us this long to travel here, I, I confess. Much as I love our yaks, um, I wouldn't say no to a few days in town to uh, relax and perhaps get a bath somewhere. Well, now there is the matter of payment, <laughs> says Funchok. Well, you're gonna have to do a bunch of fetch quests. <laughs> All right, what's the damage? How much do we owe? Yeah. Well, uh, we don't accept uh, money here, you see. But the abbot of Gonchen Monastery has a gift to send to the abbot of Jongshan Monastery at, in the Rudam Valley. It's approximately 40 miles to the northeast. I would be most happy to print and finish your ritual scroll in return for you delivering the gift. It was only completed yesterday, so your arrival could not have come at a better time. Truly, these are auspicious circumstances. What do you say? Can we ask what this gift is? Uh, well, it is a scroll. This is this is what we do here. We just printed it. In fact, I'm happy to show it to you uh, as, as soon as it's dry, if you'd like to see it before you go. I'd be fascinated. Yes, me as well. Okay. And uh, do you I accept? Guess so. I'll be wanting that bath when we get back, but yes. Excellent. I shall go make the necessary arrangements for you to reach Jongchen Monastery. We can provide fresh ponies to ride and a small number of mules to carry your supplies if you like. Uh, one of our junior monks will accompany you to show you the way. Oh, please do make uh, haste. One thing. Should anybody come by that you do not recognize asking after people looking like us or asking about these rituals... It is imperative that you do not mention us. Of course, sir. Client confidentiality and all that. How mysterious. <laughs> I mean, you are um, getting us to deliver a present that you just made. You're about to show us. <laughs> for someone else. Uh, I'd like to lean into Tenzin as discreetly as possible, which is probably not super discreet. Either, <laughs> um, just be like, do you, do you trust these fellows, Tenzin? Hmm. Tenzin turns and he says, um, Funzok, could we please see the printing blocks? I'd like to check uh, what ingredients we should be on the lookout for as we travel through Dutch. He says, oh, oh of course. Follow my, Follow me this way. Do you follow as well? Tenzin is going, but... Yeah, while well, shrugging at the others, like, what's his play here? Are we going to steal these blocks? <laughs> I don't... Block heist. Right, let's go. <laughs> Maybe he just genuinely wants to see what ingredients he will need for the ritual. That's not what I asked him. I don't know. All right, well, let's go. Yes, let's go and see the mysterious scroll. Nothing bad has ever happened in calling Cthulhu for reading a mysterious <laughs> printed material. Yes, out loud immediately. Absolutely. 
You are taken to the stacks on the uppermost floor of the building. In a poorly lit corner where the blocks are stored, the monk pulls out each of the nine carvings in turn. Tenzin examines them. Thank you, he says to the monk. Well, I say that a visit to the Rudam Valley will give me the opportunity to acquire several other ingredients I need to complete the ritual. We should indeed agree to deliver the gift on the abbot's behalf. That wasn't in question. I was just wondering if, if you think these chaps can be relied upon to be discreet. That being said, I don't know that we have any other option. They don't seem to be open to bribery. No. How quiet are you being? He's right there. Like I said, you do require, so like she is attempting to lean in and whisper, but it's probably not going super great. I can roll stealth if you want. He's trying to control his expression, like... <laughs> She's probably talking in English, I'm guessing, so... Oh yeah, does he might speak not English? actually know. Well, Tenzin understands us whatever we say somehow, doesn't he? Tenzin. Right, but the monk wouldn't. He knows English. Speak Italian, you do. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yes, he knows other any language. Oh, oh sweet. And I will absolutely talk to him in Italian. He's had a lot of time to do Duolingo on that very, very long <laughs> meditation retreat. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows Chinese, Sanskrit, and Tibetan. So I guess you wouldn't understand English either. Well, I use my 40 points in Italian just for the lulls. Do you want to roll? Um, a bit rusty. God, I get. A four. That's Whoa. an extreme. Whoa. Amazing. Uh, he responds in Italian. I think we're safe. Uh, and he starts uh, putting the printing blocks away. Can Sofian get a quick look at the printing blocks? Uh, are you speaking about yourself in the third person? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I regularly I do. Guess you're, you're I <laughs> Now I'm self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, I just imagine Sofian saying to the monk, can Sofian also look at them, please? To be fair, if he's speaking in, in Tibetan, uh, Tibetan like, he yeah. might be. He's, um... oh, no, I was, I was asking you if Sofian could get a look at them. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to have to ask. Um, <laughs> Brayden is me. I will say in Tibetan, can I look at this? Please? You may, Bunchuk says, but he hovers, hovers over them protectively as you hold them. Wow, thank you. Do you have any appraise? No. Okay, so to try and understand the blocks, you'll either need to roll a uh, combined Tibetan and occult or law Buddhism with a penalty die, or Two people, one to roll Tibetan, the other one to roll a cold and Buddhist or Buddhism with a penalty. This is so much preamble. The for one is to understand failure. Tibetan, and the other one is to understand Tibetan. Also, it's written mirrored to be printed, so it's not just written in Tibetan. Wow. It's written Tibetan mirrored backwards. Ooh. I've got oh, eight stopping. points in law Buddhism and twelve points in Tibetan, so I think. Oh yeah, the I'm penalty die. Yeah, for sure. And if you if you pass to get a handout. Oh, I can't wait to read. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, so close. <laughs> you rolled a three as well. Oh. You rolled an eighty-three and a three. Oh. You have a bonus die. Goodness. Well, it, what do you do, Sophie? You look at them and they make absolutely no sense. Hmm. I think it's mm. written in some regional dialect 
Sophia. <laughs> Must be. Yes. Excellent blocks. Very <laughs> blocky. I'm going to say you arrive early in the morning. So the journey is three to four days. It's going to take a while to arrive there, okay. regardless. Um, so it will take you three to four days to get there and three to four days to get back. It's now after lunchtime. Would you like to head off? Your time like the present? Mm-hmm. Okay. You make the necessary arrangements that, you know, they're, uh, they're getting some a smaller caravan for you to get with you so that your big one can rest. And it, take, it takes a few hours to, to prepare. And then um, Yontan Funtok arrives shortly before you're due to leave, carrying a carved wooden box approximately two feet long. He opens it to reveal a roll of blue brocaded silk attached to two wooden rods. He says, Can you please uh, remove the fabric bundle and unroll it? Ophian? Absolutely. Inside the roll is a piece of rainbow silk, behind which is hidden a highly detailed, multicolored, printed tanka. A tanka is a Tibetan Buddhist painting on cotton, silk applique, usually depicting a Buddhist deity, seen or mandala. Tangas are traditionally kept unframed and rolled up when not on display, mounted on a textile backing. Oh, it's beautiful. A very special gift to the Jokchen Rinpoche, explains the monk. See here in the center is Guru Pema Ritchin, founder of the monastery. Around him are the great teachers of whom he is an emanation. This one is Guru Rinpoche, although you may know him better as Padmasambhava. This one is the arrow shooter, Saraha one of the founders of Vajrayana. And finally, we have the great Pandita, Bhimalamitra, who passed on his wisdom to Guru Rinpoche. The scenery is of the monastery's own sacred valley and displays the various plants and creatures found in the area. We are very proud of these beasts. The printing blocks are exceedingly fine and we hope that the abbot will find it a pleasing addition to his collection. Yontan Funchok takes the thanga, re-rolls it, and places it back in its traveling case. Please uh, deliver this to Kunchen Chodak, Jokchen Monastery's Kopa, so that he may add it to their inventory and present it to the abbot on the next holy day. And please, take good care of it. With that, he hands you the box and makes his goodbyes. Is there anything we need to watch for on the road to Bye. the monastery? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. He has, uh, he has given you a young monk to accompany you on the journey, so he should basically be leading you. He is a 13-year-old boy oh. named Yeshi. Can we adopt him and then we've got one of each? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, he's a monk apprentice. He has a very important role in the monastery. Shen Chu was a consummate thief when we met her, but she learned a yeah. new phrase. Uh, the young monk guide takes you along the main river valley above Dej before branching off into the smaller valleys leading off over the mountains to the monastery's southwest. The final climb is a hard one. But thankfully, 
we have Sophie and Bazaz climb with us. <laughs> <laughs> All the ponies and mules must be carefully led over the pass. Tenzin frequently wanders off to scour the hills for ritual components. Does he return with armfuls of bones? Everything seems to be bones. <laughs> uh, if any of you join him, uh, especially, he'll be especially happy if anyone with natural world joins him. Well, too bad. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Hasina can probably sniff out bones, let's be honest here. <laughs> well, you end up gathering leaves, flowers and seeds. Oh, uh, boring. Oh, well. And uh, he carefully stores them in his satchel. He's happy to chat about traditional uses and symbolism of each one of them. Uh, and virtually all specimens are unknown to Western science, though you probably wouldn't do know that, Hasina, because you are not aware of Western science. <laughs> <laughs> After three and a half days or so, in the morning, you arrive on the Nine. The monastery's buildings are very similar to those in Dirge. Red-painted wooden muck brick boxes of varying size spread across the hillside, with larger and more ornate temples dotting the space between. Soon after entering the valley, you are greeted by a young nun. Tenzin says they're called Annie. Uh, all nuns, not not this one specifically. It's nah. a Nurse Joy type situation. Do they have <laughs> the same hair as well? <laughs> Better for nun, I, I assume. Ah, sorry. Well, uh, she has come down for the monastery to meet you. Welcome to the Holy Canyon. What business brings you here today? I suppose I have to respond because I'm the only one. Oh, yeah, just <laughs> if you don't want to, Tenzin will. Hello, my name is Sophian, and these are my friends. We bring a gift. <laughs> Beautiful gift. Okay. <laughs> um, she nods and shows you to the monastery's visitors' quarters. Uh, she says, please do surrender any weapons. They're not allowed in the monastery. Okay. She says to surrender your weapons. I will ask Tenzin, will they be searching us for weapons? <laughs> I like where your head's at. It is only right, he says, and he takes off his ritual knife and sword and hands them over. Is that we are safe. Sword this whole time? He has the. Remember when you fought the Kadvanga? Oh, I thought that right. was a staff with skulls oh. on it. Yeah. He has a thing. He, he also has a. Uh, I remember a knife, I think. Yeah, there was a knife a as well. Sword. Yeah. I'm not sure if he has a sword. <laughs> Does the staff count as a weapon? Yeah, he hands them all over. Yeah. Yeah. It's you a. We'll grudgingly hand over Purdy. A monastery is a safe space. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like it. <laughs> I have my Webley. Your what? I hand up my Webley revolver. I hand oh. over my gun. <laughs> my Wobbly revolver. My Wibble Wobbly. <laughs> Weebles. Made of gelatin, you see. Wobble. After everybody's put the guns down, Timor will carefully, meticulously remove cartridges and bullets and everything from the gun so that anybody who picks it up has to make some effort to then shoot people. That's smart. <laughs> Put them in a pouch nearby. <laughs> Eudora kicks the shotgun casually. Oh, it's loaded. Watch out. No, not at all. And she wouldn't pick it. It's a family heirloom. Actually, one of our dear listeners, I don't think I've ever brought this up on air, but I want to credit Roger BW with explaining to me why the shotgun is called Purdy they were a British manufacturer of sporting guns, particularly known for high quality and high prices and a long waiting list. 
So uh, my headcanon is that this is a family heirloom. Belongs to Eudora's grandfather, who got into trouble for uh, shooting a footman in the leg once. Uh, He hands it over, but fervently hopes to see it again. So he became a hopman rather than a footman. (laughs) 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 I'm here all week. I was waiting for it, Noxkills. I used to be a footman until I took a shotgun shell to the knee. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Butter tea and what look like dough balls of some sort are brought to you as you wait. Tenzin says, These are tampa, dough balls made with roasted barley flour, yak butter, and tea. The llama dips it dough bowl into his butter to moisten it and then, and then bite uh, before biting off a mouthful. That sounds really good, actually. Yeah. Do you do you try? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm going to approach this with the mentality that it is soup. Soup. <laughs> soup. 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 Do you dip it or do you... No, I'm putting the dumplings in and then I'm pushing them... It's not a dumpling. Dough balls. Yeah. Well, I'm treating them with dumplings, though. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pushing them around with the spoon, getting good and sodden, and then I'm going to eat them with the spoon. Anyone avoiding the butter tea? I will uh, just drink the butter tea, and I'll hand my dough ball to uh, Shenshu so she doesn't have to go without some Aww. food. Does Shenshu only have the balls? Oh, no. I'm, I imagine she might stick to the dough ball. The antidote's in the tea, guys. <laughs> so everyone's fine, but as Senchu bites into the dry dough ball, it's hard and solid between her teeth. She struggles <laughs> to get anything in her mouth. Oh, come on. Oh, She's bless. like, oh, oh, my tooth. She looks up, and all of you look up, and Tenzin is smiling again. He's like doing a dipping motion. <laughs> Tenzin's just like, ha, 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 dental injuries. <laughs> Amazing. So is it kind of like biscotti then? Like that really hard. You gotta dip them. Thing. Oh. Oh, Yak Scotty? Oh, Shenju. You got the oh, worst Shenju. of both of them. Oh, God. Yeah, Shenju, just lick it a few times. That, that'll soften it, surely. <laughs> just suck on it. The nun returns after a little while, and she says, Kunchen Chodak is ready to see you now. Please follow me. You follow her, and you arrive at one of a series of rooms within one of the monastery's larger buildings. A low desk is half-hidden under papers and scrolls, some of which are covered in writing, others with only a few annotations. Shelves full of scrolls or carefully kept in clay pots line the office walls. Kunchen Chodak is an unremarkable-looking monk in his late fifties. He looks stocky and well-fed under his immaculate robes. You see his fingers are ink-stained as he ponderously and deliberately moves toward you. He dismisses your guide and greets Tenzin by bowing to him three times and then bows once to the rest of you. In a clear, commanding voice, he says in Chinese, the girl tells me you have a gift from the abbot of Dirge for the Jokchen Rinpoche. May I see it? You may. Here. This is the present. He waits patiently for you to hand over the travelling case containing the thanga. 
He clears a space on his desk and sets down the box, opening it reverently. He lifts out the thanka and unrolls it with its back toward you. Oh! It is clear from his frown and surprised exclamation that all is not well. What? What seems to be the matter? Uh I thought this was supposed to be a print of Jokchen Perma Rijin and his masters sitting out there in our valley. He turns the thanger towards you. Instead of the image Yonta and Funchok showed you in Dirge, the print now displays Tenzin Kalsang in a sexual position, the lotus, with a red-skinned woman sitting on a lotus flower in the center of a lake in a heart-shaped valley ringed by mountains and waterfalls. Tiny figures of white apes can be seen clambering the slopes. Surrounding the mountains are representations of each one of you, all framed by a circular rainbow. Everyone roll sanity, please. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh, my. We've accidentally Tenzin. opened the, the stash from under the bed. This is an example <laughs> of a red lady, but this is not their sexy scroll, unfortunately. I passed, thank goodness. Oh, I got spot on just a pass. Oh, both Timur and Shen Chi have failed. Failed by four. One sanity for failing, please, for unexpected sexy times. <laughs> Unexpected sexy times. <laughs> my word. Shenju is like, my eyes. My, <laughs> my eyes. I'm not supposed to get porn in them. <laughs> How unexpected, says the llama, a smile stretching over his face. I believe this to be a very good omen. <laughs> Definitely, it looks like. Why, yes, that is a good omen. <laughs> he turns to Chodak and says, You see, we have a mission at the Valley of the White Ape in Pemakor to perform a special ritual. What tone of voice does he say special in? <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Chodak nods sagely and replies, Ah, your visit to us is a most auspicious one, for clearly there must be Nagas or Dakinis at work for such a wonderful treasure to have been revealed to us through you. This is indeed a most precious gift for a rabbit. Please relay our great thanks to the Abbot of Dirge for his generosity in sending you to us. Everyone can roll a heart psychology if you like. What is happening? <laughs> the next fetch quest is to get turns in a oh, girlfriend, obviously. I have failed yeah. heart psychology, even with 70%. Fail. Oh, yeah, no. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> Well, <laughs> can we all push the roll? I think one of you can push the roll. Dibs, not me. <laughs> if you like. <laughs> How would you push it? By getting really close and looking at his lips. Are they trembling? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Let me see how this man is feeling. I will kiss him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Does anyone want to push this? No, I don't. I, even with 70%, that's only 35% chance of a heart success. True. I'm not pushing it. You're treated as honored guests at Jogchen for the rest of your stay, and many of the monks approach Tenzin for his blessing. The Lama also spends some time debat debating with senior monks on esoteric and theological issues. 
if we get a moment, I'll ask, I'll ask Tenzin, can you explain to somebody who doesn't understand what's going on, what is going on? Yes, what, what did they mean about a, a Dakini or Naga? What, what are these things? Well, Dakinis, you see, are also known as guy dancers to the Tibetans. Their Sanskrit name is Dakini. They are a type of a sacred spirit in Hinduism and Vajrayana Buddhism. They are agents for good, and that's how I know that their appearance in the Thanga is a positive sign. Also, the sexual union is a holy thing, and it's a good omen. So I think we're on the right track. What is the um, the nature of the ritual we're supposed to carry out in this valley? Joy's looking a little hot yes. under the collar. <laughs> oh. I mean, we blew the bone flute last time, but that's as far as I'm willing to take <laughs> that's great he says do not worry there will not be a sexual element to the ritual I promise I will explain fully when the time is right as part of the initiation you must undergo before we carry out the ceremony for the moment we must concentrate on completing our present duty rather than worrying about what is still to come alright were we naked in the picture? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> no. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> it's good to know, isn't it? That's very reassuring to you, Dora, who is appeased by this. Um, don't want these monks having my nudes. No, goodness, <laughs> no. Uh... How do you say send nudes, please, in Tibetan? <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes about a week. <laughs> you need some silk. <laughs> Gotta get printing the printing one. press out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A group of Chinese Buddhist monks are currently visiting the monastery and they are more than happy to chat with you, answer any questions about Buddhism and their own journeys. So um, if you take some time to chat to the monks, feel free to tick your Buddhism skill. Most definitely. Yeah, no, I, th- I, I was trying to learn a bit of um, law Buddhism from uh, Tenzin across the journey, so I'll definitely spend some time talking to them some more. I don't have any Buddhism, but... That's okay. I mean, Asina will come and listen and learn. You can check. You can take it anyway. Yay. Okay. Everyone has a base. I've just realised I've got nine points in Tibetan. What the heck did I learn Tibetan? Oh. <laughs> I've been nodding along every time Sofian says, these are my friends. Like, yeah. You, you haven't identified friends. it as Tibetan. <laughs> like, <laughs> probably, probably something else. Um... <laughs> Before you leave, Tenzin speaks to the monastery's tantric masters and purchases from them some more ingredients required for the ritual. The monastery provides you with fresh animals and supplies for your return trip, which passes smoothly and without incident. This brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Raiden, Noxicals, Hal, Lydia, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You've all been the best. And a massive thank you to our listeners, you're all exceptional. Your listens, comments and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars are right, where you get access to episodes a week early. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our Cold Elder and Avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind the scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels and more. 
Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsaride.com. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. 